Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. Father, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, once again for this grace to come into your presence. Lord, I say thank you. Thank you this morning. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that makes my pathway, ah, Lord, to you clear. Thank you for the blood of Jesus shed upon the cross of Calvary that makes me a child of God. Father, I give you all the praise. I give you all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you this morning just for who you are. I praise you this morning because you are Jehovah, because you are my King, because you are my Lord, because you are the Lord of heaven's armies, because you are the Lord of hosts. I praise you this morning because you are Jehovah. You said you are I am who I am. Father, I give you praise this morning. Be glorified forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, this morning we join, Lord, everyone, every all over the world as we wake up in our different time zones, waking up at different times to give all the glory to your precious name. Be glorified in the name of Jesus. To him whose name is powerful, we give glory this morning. To him uh, whose name is higher than every other name in heaven and on earth, to him we give glory this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. As we fellowship in your presence, as we read your word, once again, Lord, we ask, grant us understanding, grant us wisdom in your word, let your name alone be glorified in our lives. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. All right. Let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eye Nike sharing this time of devotion with you. We continue our reading of the book of Jeremiah, just like the book of Isaiah. This book is very interesting. Okay, so don't take its long chapters. Don't take the fact that it looks like there are repetitions. Okay, the words seems like they are repeated. You know, don't make it, um, uh, let it uh, bore you. No, uh, I'm telling you, God is getting at something here and trying to teach Israel a lesson, okay, that we ought to learn even today, okay? So very important. I know that for some, this is the first time you're reading through the book of Jeremiah, but the book is very interesting and it will bless you. All right, we'll continue. Remember that Jeremiah is a prophet sent to the nation of Judah, especially the nation of Judah and all his prophecy, okay? Even though sometimes he's speaking about Israel, by the time Jeremiah comes up on the scene, Israel is already in exile, okay? So he's prophesying essentially to the nation of Judah, telling them about, okay, what was going to happen, what their relationship with God is like, how they had forsaken him, how they were literally like a prostitute, and how they had given up on God and worshipping idol, what an idol is, who God is. These are some of the things that 
Jeremiah has been prophesying. Alright, from here up till I think about chapter 20, God begins to use metaphors, yes, metaphors to speak to the nations. I don't know whether anyone has ever tried to teach you a lesson with a metaphor before where you use an object okay um to to describe something if you say for example it's as tall as a giraffe okay so we're not saying that you are a giraffe okay but it describes something that is a metaphor so god begins to use it from now on to teach the nation of israel so please get your bibles yesterday we stopped on chapters 12 today we take three more chapters chapters 13 14 and 15 god uses the metaphor of a loin of a linen uh loin clothes you know okay to teach uh to describe something to the nation that they were supposed to learn in chapter 13 in chapter 14 there is this terrible terrible drought i'm telling you there's this terrible terrible drought that comes upon the nation as a result of okay um their sins and then in chapter 13 yes uh, jeremiah prophesies that judah is doomed yes uh, the destruction he had been telling them about was happening right before the highs please get your bibles let's go jeremiah chapter 13 says that this is what the lord said to me go and buy a linen loin cloth and put it on but do not wash it so i bought a loin cloth uh, as the lord directed me and i put it on then the lord gave me another message take the linen loin cloth you are wearing and go to the euphrates river hide it there in a hole in the rock so i went and hid it by the euphrates river as the lord had instructed me so very 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 important i'm telling you you know it takes a lot of trust in god for jeremiah to be doing all of these things to be hearing god as if a neighbor was speaking to you so god tells him buy a cloth a linen cloth wear it for a while don't wash it and after that go look for a hole okay by the euphrates river hide it there and after a while okay it says hide it there in a in a hole in the rock so i went and eat it by the Euphrates River, as the Lord had instructed me. Verse 6 says, A long time afterward, the Lord said to me, Go back to the Euphrates and get the loincloth I told you to hide there. So I went to the Euphrates and dug it out of the hole where I had eaten it. But now it was rotting and falling apart. The loincloth was good for nothing. Okay, so this was supposed to be a lesson. Then I received this message from the Lord. Okay, of course. Immediately seeing that loin clothes, uh, a message landed from God. This is what the Lord says. Uh, this shows how I will, I will rot away the pride of Judah and Jerusalem. Wow. God says, I will make their pride to rot away. Ten says, these wicked people refuse to listen to me. They stubbornly follow their own desires and worship other gods. Therefore, they will become like this loincloth, good for nothing. I'm telling you, worshipping idols makes you good for nothing. Yes, an idol is useless. It might seem it is doing something. It might seem powerful, especially idols that are linked directly to, that led directly to magic, to witchcraft, 
to demonic power, it might look that they are achieving something. There is no other God in the heavens and on the earth, aside the God of Israel, the God of our Father, of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So, um, don't give in there. It says that, look, they are good, therefore they will become like this loincloth, good for nothing. It says, as a loincloth cling to a man's waist, so I created Judah and Israel to cling to me, says the Lord. God is telling them something very vital that I'm telling you applies to us. God says that as a linen cloth, I'm sure you know what a linen cloth is, right? It's it's silky. You put it on, especially if you are sweating, it's it's gripping firmly to your body, it's showing all all the frames of your of <clears throat> of your body. Okay, so God says that just like you know a linen cloth, you know, would just cling and stick to your body. That is how or what he created us for also. We were supposed to stick close to him. Did you hear that this morning? God created you to cling to him. Uh, Jesus describes it this way. I am the vine, you are the branches. I created you so that we will be joined together. I didn't create just like the branches of a tree or the leaves of a tree cannot exist in isolation from the tree itself. Okay, Jesus was trying to describe something about what our relationship should with God should be like. God created you to cling to him, to be close to him. Okay, so anything that takes you away from that is taking you away from default. Yes, default setting, the way God created you. He said, look, I created Judah and Israel to cling to me, says the Lord. They were to be my people, my pride, my glory, and honor to my name. But they would not listen. I pray you will listen. I will listen. Everyone listening to me this morning, you will listen to the voice of God. And you will cling to him in the mighty name of Jesus. 12 says, so tell them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. May all your jars be filled with wine, and they will reply. Of course, jars are made to be filled with wine. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, Israel had gotten to that point where they were so sarcastic. Okay. They were so sarcastic with God. They, they literally told the prophets to their faces. Okay. The things that they were seeing were not being done by God. Okay. Uh, they came on their own. So, God told them. You pray, you say, let this jar be filled with wine. It is filled with wine. You know, sarcastically, they say, of course, jars are made to be filled with wine. Then tell them, no, this is what the Lord means. I will fill everyone in the land with drunkenness. From the king sitting on David's throne to the priest and the prophets, right down to the common people of Jerusalem, I will smash them against each other, okay? Even parents against children says the lord i will not let my pity or mercy or compassion keep me from destroying them but again i'm telling you each morning you wake up please thank god for jesus thank god for the blood of jesus god says that i will not let my mercy you see the blood of jesus will not allow god god has no choice he must allow his pity 
he must allow his mercy he must allow his compassion okay uh to speak to uh to speak in our lives you know you know to be there in his interaction with us but god was telling israel i will not allow because there was no blood yes there was no blood of jesus in their own case he says listen and pay attention do not be arrogant for the lord has spoken give glory uh, to the lord to the lord your god before it is it is too late okay so when you read the words of jeremiah unlike the words of isaiah you understand that it wasn't as if god wanted this to happen to them okay uh, yeah proved his point already with Israel going into exile in Assyria. Okay, so the point was already proved. There was no reason why Judah themselves should should go into exile. Okay, but the nation, the people were just stubborn. Jeremiah told them, give glory to the Lord your God before it is too late. Acknowledge him before he brings darkness upon you, causing you to stumble and fall on the on the darkening mountains. For then, when you look for light, uh, you will find only terrible darkness and gloom. Says, and if you still refuse to listen, I will weep alone, alone because of your pride. My eyes will overflow with tears because the Lord's flock will be led away into exile. And I'm telling you, that's exactly what happened. Okay, uh, Jeremiah weeps on his own, weeping for them as they are carried off into exile. Say to the king and his mother, come down from your throne and sit in the dust. Uh, for your glorious crown will soon, be snatched, will soon be snatched from your head. The towns of the Negev will close their gates and no one will be able to open them. The people of Judah will be taken away as captives. All will be carried, will be carried into exile. Open your eyes and see the armies marching down from the north. Where is your flock? Your beautiful flock that he gave you to care for. What will you say when the Lord takes the allies you have cultivated and appointed them as your rulers? Pangs of anguish will grip, will grip you like those of a woman in labor. You may ask yourself, why is all this happening to me? It is because of your many sins. That is why you have been stripped and raped by invading army. Can an Ethiopian change the color of his skin? Can a leopard take away its spot? Neither can you start doing good, for you have always done evil. God told them, you have become accustomed to doing evil. Can you start doing good now? I'm telling you, God was asking them a very important question we should ask ourselves today. Can a leopard change its, its skin spots? Can a, can a, when he says an Ethiopian, he's talking about a black person, okay? Can a black person just turn their skin to white, okay? So during Bible days, it looked impossible. We know that in our times that creams you can use that can literally change your, the pigments, okay, under your skin and make them, okay, and make you feel, and maybe, maybe you lighter in complexion. But I'm telling you, it's not possible to just wish it away. Okay, it's not possible to just wish it to happen. For it to happen that your skin color change, there has to be a foreign agent. There has to be someone bringing something, okay, touching your skin, okay, that makes you to be able to change. The same thing applies. It was really talking about nature here, okay? What essentially, what the Bible was focused here is on nature. In other words, if you are a lizard, you can't begin to bark like a dog or act like a lion. I'm telling you, if you are a sinner, there is no power, okay, you can, you can muster that can overcome sin. Yes, it's your nature. 
you are a sinner. Okay? So to be to overcome sin, to change your the color of your skin, you need a foreign agent. I'm, I'm glad to tell you this morning that that foreign agent is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He says, I will scatter you like shaft uh, that is blown away by the desert wind. Uh, this is your atonement, uh, the portion I have assigned, uh, your allotment, sorry, this is your allotment, the portion I have assigned to you, says the Lord, for you have forgotten me, uh, putting your trust in false God. I myself will strip you and expose you to shame. I have seen your adultery and lust and your disgusting idol idol worship out in the fields and on the hills. What sorrow awaits you, Jerusalem, how long before uh, before uh, you are pure? So why quite, quite uh, discouraging, quite painful, what eventually will happen to the nation. But it does happen. They are stripped. They are killed in the field. Lamentations in the field, you know, as their children, you know, are, are dead in their hands. Women weeping, you know, pregnant women, you know, that babies ripped from their stomach. Well, I'm telling you, the Babylonians were not merciful at all. They were not merciful at all. Let's move on to chapters 14. Chapters 14, Judah, you know, experiences a very terrible drought. Let's go. This this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord, explaining why he was holding back the rain. Judah wills, commerce at the city gate, grinds to earth. Again, God is using a metaphor, okay, to teach them. Me- Judah wills, commerce at the gate, grinds to earth. All the people sit on the ground in mourning, and a great a great cry rises from Jerusalem. The nobles send servants to get water, but all the wells are dry. The servants return with empty pitchers, confused and desperate, covering their heads in grief. The ground is parched and cracked for lack of rain. The farmers are deeply troubled. They too cover their heads. Even the doe abandon our newborn fawn because there is no grass in the field. The wild donkeys stand on the bare hills, panting like thirsty jackass. They strain their eyes looking for grass, but there is none to be found. The people say, Our wickedness has caught up with us, Lord, but help us. For the sake of your own reputation, we have turned away from you and sinned against you again and again. So you will notice the way most of the people of Israel tended to intercede whenever they were going through a situation was to tell God, you know, to have mercy because of his own name or to have mercy because of his own reputation. You see uh, Moses do it again and again, telling God that what will the Egyptians say? What will people say, you know, when they find out what happened? Or what will they say if your people die in the desert? Wouldn't they come back and say that you killed them because you could not take them to the promised land or because you were not powerful enough? Okay, so while I recognize that it is a very... um, common style of intercession in the Bible, you really have to be very, very careful about it. Okay, so for us in the New Testament, obviously, we'll ask God for help in the name of Jesus. Jesus says, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he says, God will do. God will do. 
no choice god will do it okay so we pay attention to that but in talking to god in general you have to be careful not to be telling god that look because of your name because uh, people will just know that you are not a covenant keeping god that is why i want you to move in my life no okay so um focus on jesus instead he says oh hope of israel our savior in times of trouble why are you like a stranger to us why are you like a traveler passing through the land uh, stopping only for the night are you also confused is our champion helpless to help us you are right here among us lord we are known as your people please don't abandon us now so this is what the lord says to his people so it was the people that were saying all of this prayer just now so this is what the lord says to his people you love to wander far from me and do not restrain restrain yourself therefore i will not i will no longer accept you as my people now i will remember all your wickedness and will punish you for your sins. I pray the blood of Jesus covers your wickedness, covers your sins, covers your mistake in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, very important, because you will see that God will tell Jeremiah not to intercede for the people. Of course, Jeremiah goes, in fact, (laughs) is disobedient and says, no, Lord, I have to. I'm a prophet. You sent me to to these people, so I I have no choice. I must intercede for them. But God was telling Jeremiah, don't bother yourself interceding. I'm so glad today that we have an intercessor interceding before for us before the Father. The Bible calls him, okay, our advocate, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, the Son of God, calls him our advocate who makes that petition before God, you know, day and night, telling him to have mercy on us. Hallelujah. 11 says that then the Lord said to me, do not pray for these people anymore. When they fast, I will pay no attention. When they present their burnt offerings and grain offerings to me, I will not accept them. Instead, I will devour them with war, famine, and disease. Ah, that will not be your portion. You will not be devoured in the mighty name of Jesus. Then I said, O sovereign Lord, their prophets are telling them, them all is well. No war or famine will come. The Lord will surely send you peace. So you see that one of the problems, okay, in this time were the prophets. The prophets were the one, okay, are deceiving the people, telling them, look, it was all going to be fine. When God was telling the people that, look, your action is bringing destruction. So God says now in 14, then the Lord said, these prophets are telling lies in my name. I did not send them or tell them to speak. I did not give them any message. They prophesy of vision and revelation they have never, never seen or heard. They speak foolishness made up in their own lying hearts. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will punish these lying prophets, for they have spoken in my name even though I never sent them. They say that uh, no war or famine will come, but they themselves will die by war and famine. As for the people to whom they prophesy, their bodies will be thrown out into the streets of Jerusalem, victims of famine and war. They will be, uh, no, there will be no one left to bury them. Husband, wives, son, and daughters, all will be gone, for I will pour out their own wickedness on them. Wow. Okay, so I remember the first time I read this, 
I was like, Lord, that is not just you. You are a loving and a faithful God. So if the prophets were the mistake, why not prophet punish the prophet and leave the people alone? Why would you punish the people? You know, and yes, the word of God, the voice of God came true. Remember that it was not just the prophets alone speaking. So if it was just only the prophets, then God would seem to be unjust. Okay, uh, will seem to be unjust to just punish the people just like that. But it wasn't just the prophets alone speaking. Yes, Jeremiah was there speaking. There were a few prophets also there speaking. But the people chose who to listen to. And I'm telling you this morning, we are responsible. You are responsible for the prophets you choose to follow, for the teachers that you choose to follow. God will give them the reward of their labor. Yes, but you also... If you choose to follow prophets who will tell you lies, who will speak words that will be itching your ears, urging you on to continue to move away from the Lord. I'm telling you this morning, the Bible says that you will pay for it, just like the children of Israel were paying for it here. It says, for I will pour out their own wickedness on them. Now, Jeremiah, say this to them. Night and day, my eyes overflow with tears. I cannot stop weeping, for my virgin daughter, my precious people, has been struck down and lies mortally wounded. If I go out into the field, I see the bodies of people slaughtered by the enemies. Remember, this thing had not happened. Jeremiah is simply prophesying. If I walk the city streets, I see people who had who have been, died of starvation. The prophets and priests continue with their work, but they don't know what they are doing. Hey, so Jeremiah will pray for the people. Lord, have you completely rejected Judah? Do you really hate Jerusalem? Why have you wounded us? Why have you wounded us past all hope of healing? We hoped for peace, but no peace came. We hoped for a time of healing, but found only terror. Lord, we confess our wickedness and that of our ancestors too. We all have sinned against you. Say for the sake of your reputation, Lord, do not abandon us. Do not disgrace your own glorious throne. Please remember us and do not break your covenant with us. Yes. Jeremiah went straight to the important point, the covenant. Do not break your covenant with us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your covenant with, with God on our behalf. Thank you because we are a part of that covenant this morning. He says, do, Jeremiah said, Lord, do not break your covenant with us. Can any of the worthless foreign gods send, send us rain? Does it fall from the sky by itself? No, you are the one, O Lord, our God. Only you can do such things. So we wait for you to help us. Okay, so Jeremiah prays for the people. There is little respite. As the respites come, okay, the people turn and continue to follow their idols. Jeremiah chapter 15, let's go. Judah, of course, inevitably is doomed. Then the Lord said to me, even if Moses and Samuel stood before me pleading for these people, I wouldn't help them. Ha! Lord, thank you for Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. He says, I wouldn't help them. I'm sure you know who Moses and Samuel, uh, Samuel are, okay? Two of the most greatest prophets who, left, who led Israel. He says, I wouldn't help them. Away with them. Get them out of my sight. And if they say to you, but where can we go? Tell them, this is what the Lord says. Those who are destined for death to death. Those who are destined for war to war, 
those who are destined for famine go to famine and those who are destined for captivity to captivity i will send four kinds of destroyer against you says the lord i will send the sword to kill the dogs to drag away the vultures to devour and the wind and the wild animals to finish up what is left okay this is just metaphor okay god is using metaphor to speak with them a sword of course we talk about people okay you can be killed by the sword dogs dragging you away now that's a terrible way to die okay vultures you know vultures those terrible beds okay that will just be waiting for you until you die and after you die they come eat up your flesh sometimes even before the animals are dead they come eat up their felt and then of course the wild animals is this to finish up what is left it is because of the wicked things manasseh son of ezekiah king of judah did in jerusalem i will make my people an object of horror to all the kingdoms of the earth so just imagine about this time so he stopped god is talking about what Manasseh did. Remember that Manasseh was the one that killed the prophet Isaiah and I'm sure God must have been so, 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 so angry. Yes, angry at, you know, Manasseh. Manasseh, you know, I'm telling you, did things that the hears in heaven will will literally tingle. I'm telling you, Ezekiah himself would have heard some of the things, some of the things that Manasseh was doing and be rolling in his grave. He prayed for a son. Yes, he, he prayed for an extra time so that he could have a son. And God gives him this son. And this son literally, okay, brings so much idolatry into the land. Because of Manasseh, God said, I will not listen. Just, just go away. Go off into, into captivity. He says, I will make my people an object of horror to all the kingdoms of the head. He says, who will feel sorry for you, Jerusalem? Who will weep for you? Uh, who will even bother to ask how you are? You have abandoned me and turned your back on me, says the Lord. Therefore, I will raise my fist to destroy you. I, I am tired of always giving you another chance. I will winnow you like a grain at the gates of your cities and take away the children you owe there. I will destroy my own people because they refuse to change their evil ways. Just like in the book of Isaiah, okay, whenever you see God, you know, saying, I, 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 I will do this, I will do this, I will do this, I am tired of this, I am. Ah, you always have to pay attention with the Bible because God is saying something that is dear to his heart. Something he is not happy with. God is telling them here, I am not happy with you. This is the time of Manasseh. This is the time where they really destroyed whatever okay, righteousness was left in the land. And then they fully established, yes, established wickedness like never before and the worship of idols. God tells them, I am not happy with you. I will destroy my own people. Uh, because they refuse to change their evil ways, he says there will be there will be more widows than the grains of sand in this on the seashore. On the seashore, at noon time, I will bring a destroyer against the mothers of young young men. I will cause anguish and terror uh, to come upon them suddenly. The mother of seven grows faint and gaps for breath. Her son has gone down while it is still day. She sits childless now, disgraced and humiliated, and I will hand over those who are left to be killed by the enemy 
I, the Lord, have spoken. When God makes a commitment that I am the one that is going to destroy you, you better be afraid. Yes, that was what God was telling these people. I am going to destroy you. Okay? I am going to destroy you. But Jeremiah complains again. Verse 10, Then I said, What sorrow is mine? My mother, oh, that I had died at birth. I am hated everywhere I go. I am neither a lender who threatens to foreclose, nor a borrower who refuses to pay. Yet they all curse me. Okay, so Jeremiah was cursing, okay, the day of his birth, was cursing his calling because he had become an object of, of hatred. Everyone hated him. They wanted to kill him. They felt he was the one that, that was bringing the destruction, okay, that was beginning to come into the land. We just read about the drought. Okay, everyone blamed Jeremiah. We, okay, the enemy will be trying to attack them. Everyone will blame Jeremiah. So Jeremiah was cursing the day of his birth. I'm sure you remember how Job was doing the same thing. He says, the, then the Lord, the Lord replied, replied him, verse 11, I will take care of you, Jeremiah. Your enemies will, will ask you to plead on their behalf in times of trouble and distress. Can a man break a bar of iron with, from the north? or a bar of bronze okay metaphor speaking again at no cost to them i will hand over your wealth and treasures as a plunder to your enemies for sin runs rampant in your land i will tell your enemies to take you as captives captives to a foreign land for my anger blazes like like a fire that will burn that will burn forever then i said lord you know what's happening to me please step in and help me punish my persecutors uh, please give me uh, give, give me time don't let me die young it's for your sake that i am suffering and i'm telling you jeremiah suffered he suffered so when i discovered your words i devoured them they are my joy and my heart's delight for i bear your name O lord god of heaven's army i never joined the people in their merry feast i sat alone because your hand was on me i was filled with indignation at their sin why then does my suffering continue why is my wound so incurable your help seems as uncertain as a seasonal a seasonal brook like a spring that has gone dry this is how the lord responded or responds if you return to me i will restore you so you can continue to serve me if you speak good words rather than worthless words once you will be my spokesman you must influence them do not let them influence you they will fight against you like an attacking army but i will make you as secure as a fortified wall of bronze they will not conquer you for i am with you to protect you and rescue you i the lord have spoken yes i will certainly keep you safe from these wicked men i will rescue you from their cruel hands and i'm telling you i can i can feel jeremiah here i want us to pray as we go this morning lord don't let me be overcome with evil yes pray this morning don't let me be overcome with evil let me oh god be a light to this world a light to shine forth your glory in the mighty name of jesus pray this morning lord i will bring the difference to my world i will shine your glory to the world i will let men see what it means to serve you in the mighty name of jesus father we say thank you this morning in the name of jesus we pray that we will be your light to the world in the mighty name of jesus as you gave jeremiah a light to his generation 
Lord, give us a light to our world. In the mighty name of Jesus. As we go today, Lord, cause your presence to go with us. Help us to make a difference. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.